Hello, everybody. It is great to be here one more time today. My name is Gary Fowler, and I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. I've done 17 startups and two unicorns. I was involved in the original management team at Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also EVA.ai, an AI HR tech company that I founded with Dr. David Yang. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world and opportunities are not. I'm the CEO, president, co-founder of GSD, Get Shit Done Venture Studios, premier AI and quantum venture studio located in the heart of Silicon Valley. With that today, I've got an incredible guest. Tish DeZoya is going to talk about their perfect gift and a little bit about uh, his background and the company and the kind of things they're doing to make the world a better place. With that, I'd like to bring Tish on board. Hey, Tish, good to have you here today. Hey, Gary, how you doing? A, a pleasure, and uh, thank you for asking. So the um, tell us a little bit about it. You know, I've never seen anybody who's gotten as many awards as you. The best prepaid product, best loyalty industry. I mean, how in the world did you get all these things? Were you... Did you enter competitions or how how did you do it? You got highly commended, category finalist, you know, top innovation. How did you do it? Okay. Uh, well, um, so first I think is, is to know that we only entered things which were of a credible nature, because you know, there's a lot of awards out there. Um, and we went after segments which were very relevant to our environment. So... Uh, the payments community, incentive loyalty, um, and I guess the judges liked what we we had to offer. Um, it's that we applied, right? So nice to win. No, it's great. So how did you go from Reading, uh, and you know where you grew up? Did you grow up outside of Reading, England, or where where where'd you grow up originally? You said the uh, Ernest Bevan School. And then Tiffin, is that in in uh, in or around Reading, or where is that? Where are they? No, so um, I was actually born in Sri Lanka. I got and, it. Okay. Uh, and uh, we immigrated to England when I was five, and mm -hmm. we we lived in London. So um, I'm state educated, mm -hmm. and uh, for my A levels, or you know, so after 16, 16 to eighteen, I went from a um, a state comprehensive to a grammar school called Tiffins. And Tiffins mm -hmm. is, um, is one of those schools where it's very selective. So you've got to, if you're coming in at age 11, you've got to do what they call 11 plus to get in. And, uh, and I went in at sixth form to do my A-levels. Got it. So it's not How a million miles away from Reading. How was it coming over to immigrate at five years old? Do you remember it? Was it, was it a culture shock to come over to the UK? How was it? Well, I mean, you know, you only really tend to remember the good bits. But at five, I mean, I'm an only child, right? So the playground is the playground and kids are kids. Kids are kids. So um, and you learn pretty quickly. So I remember learning English mainly from the TV. So, um, oh, you know, you. And, you know, it's one of those things where I realize that the playground never actually changes. It just gets bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you can navigate no, the I... playground as a kid, you can navigate it as an adult. 
So, huh? So interesting. You did, uh, and then you went to University of Reading, and you got an accounting and economics. So, how did you, you know, you went into turnaround? Why did you decide to get into turnaround, Tish? Uh, I suppose it's more out of accident than necessarily a, a, a strategy, Gary. We, you know, I, I wanted to go into accountancy, uh, do a learn about business, and I thought accountancy was a great way to do that. And um, I got offered a job in the insolvency team in the Reading office of an accountancy firm called BDO at the time. Mm-hmm. So there, and that was in 97. Wow, that's and, amazing. And so you moved forward. Uh, so you went forward from that. You went to BDO. And then you ended up going to uh, uh, Duff and Phelps and MCR. So, you know, as you're going down, you did debt advisory. Was it boring? Did you like it? I mean, how was it? You're doing all this. A lot of uh, your background is debt advisory stuff I see here. What Was it interesting or not? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you at, at the sharp end of that area, you do actually understand how the structure of companies work. Yeah. And generally, we when we tend to get involved, things aren't going so well. The equity is out of the money. And the debt is is all in control. Mm-hmm. And the idea really is to help companies manage that structure and protect all parties as much as possible. Yeah. Because when we're there, equity is pretty much underwater. Yeah, yeah no, I got it. And well, okay, so you go to that, you're doing all this debt stuff. Why did you go over to uh, EMA uh, Europe? And you, you got into that, and then you became a consultant with a cleave. What what made you decide that? Why did you go from debt to reward, recognition, and incentive? I mean, how did that come about? <laughs> okay, so probably best to go back a little bit. So I, I was at BDO for about 13 years, and um, I moved to MCR, which at the time was a restructuring boutique. So it's been around about 10 years. And I thought, and I joined them as a director, and I thought that was my, that was my road to entrepreneurship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst I was there, I, and, and I, I had a little amount of equity in the business. We sold our business to Duff and Phelps, and at the time, DNP was a New York, New York Stock Exchange listed investment bank. So now I became an investment banker. And we were by far the largest culture within the UK um, business. And how was that? So you moved from doing debt to investment banking. Was it a big transition for you or not? No, we kind of did the same as we were always doing. And then, it, you know, what, what many people in the advisory community in our space in the UK does as an accountant is what the US would call investment banking. So we didn't really change too much in terms of what we were doing. We, our title was just changed. And then I was on a three-year earnout. And while I was there, I, I always had this idea for a spend anywhere gift card. Because mm-hmm. legally, when a retailer goes bust, their gift cards are legally worthless. Mm-hmm. Right? And what a gift card is, is fundamentally a store of value. It's cash. Mm-hmm but linked to only one retailer. You can't spend it anywhere else. 
And once it's gone, that money's done. And if you, yeah, and in 2013, when I started looking at it quite heavily, um, the market in the UK was about 5 billion. And today it's at 7 billion. So the trajectory is only one way. No, that's great. So what, what did you do at Fulcrum Care? What was that about? Well, I, I still, I'm still an advisor to that business, and that is a, a consulting business for the improvement of care homes. Mm-hmm. And most, most of the clients will be private equity-backed, or they are, are, are quite heavily into debt with major clearers, or it so will be the... care homes for what? Tell me a little bit. What do you mean exactly? The terms so are care what? homes for the elderly. Okay, so they're senior uh, uh, senior living facilities, we call them, yeah? Correct, yeah. So I'm an advisor to the business. Why did and, you decide and... to do that, Tish? Why did, that's just kind of like a big departure from what you do. Why did you move not... into the care home stuff, right? Well, it's it's not really. Um, I'm, I'm an advisor to their board. Mm-hmm. So it's basically bringing in my advisory background. And I spend a few hours a month with the team, helping them shape their business. Um, I, you know, I've got 20 plus years of advisory, helping mm-hmm. boards and shaping management teams. And I, I like the sector and I like the guys. And I think it adds a lot of value to society. No, I mean, the aging population in the UK and other places around the world, it's going to be critically important, right, to take care of. And I'm not sure we're set up to do that, by the way. I think there's a lot more than just the facilities, remote patient monitoring and other things that need to be done if we're going to be successful. And unfortunately, we haven't, for whatever reason, we've swept it under the carpet a lot. And from my perspective, I don't see us, you know, being active, using things like, you know, artificial intelligence and supervised, semi-supervised AI to be able to help. Um, You know, I went through that with my father. My father had a stroke and we set his room up and we, we helped him. They said he was going to die in seven days and he lived three years and had a great quality of life and had a good time. So we got a lot of work and as we get better uh, and we improve our lives, we're going to live longer and we want to live a quality of life. So those homes, those senior retirement facilities, nursing homes are going to be really critically important for each and every one of us. But okay, you did that. So tell us about, their perfect gift. Now, what is, tell us about how this works and give us, how did you brainstorm and come up with the idea? What are you doing today with it? You know, what, and my audience is quite broad. How could they get involved in it and what kind of things that their company or their individuals, what does it mean for them? So if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So the tech stack we operate and having created this, is very similar to what people currently call neobanks. Yes. And I, I suppose the biggest one in, in the US would be called Chime. Um, and then around in Europe, you've got people like... Tell us about what a neobank is, Tish, because many of my audience members don't know. Tell us what a neobank is. Sure. Okay. So neo effectively just means new. What are they... How do they from NatWest Bank, what's the difference between a neobank and a brick-and-mortar bank? Sure. So most of these things aren't actually banks, yes? It's, I don't know where this term came from, Gary. It's a bit like fintech, yes? These things have just popped up, and I think it's largely driven by the popularity they've amassed and how much money they've raised to get this far. Um, 
but many of them are running on prepaid rails, mm-hmm. which is a it's a regulated environment, but they're not actually banks. They cannot they cannot lend money. You know, you're a bank if you've got a license. But mm. many of them are using them the using the tech structure for maybe for expense management or forex um, conversions or usage, um, and and there's there's now millions of people that have a in inverted commas neo bank card in their wallet, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're popping up all over the place, and um, many of them don't make actually any money, but nevertheless some of them are. Our unicorn status. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, super. So how do you, how do you play in that world? You say you're like a neo bank. How are you like a neo bank, and what are you doing? Well, you know, we we have the same tech infrastructure, but I'm a gift card, Gary. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, we've created our environment. Um, we've been around for about eight years, and we've done it with three hundred and fifteen thousand of investment. Yeah. We we have a few million in revenues, and for the last three years, we've been profitable. Yes, we we are a we are a retailer, but like I said, the tech stack that we operate is not that similar to these guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we operate in a slightly different market. Plus, we have no institutional investors. All right, most of the people in our environment are angels who basically given up anywhere between. 500 pounds and 30,000 and they've got most of their money back mm-hmm. yeah um and it's it's about understanding what gift cards actually are so mm-hmm. most retailers in fact every retailer should have a gift card offering because what it is is a it's an acquisition vehicle you know, someone spends 40 percent more above the value of their gift card in the retailer they've got a gift card for Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's a very under-recognized tool. So, for example, um, Starbucks has around $1.4 billion at any one time on their gift cards. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. So what has business like? I mean, what are you doing? I know you said you've got um, – can be used with retailers – any retailers except MasterCards, which is 32 million places around the world. So where are you today? Are you just in the UK? Are you in Europe? I mean, how far, what's, how far is your reach now? So, so most of our customers are in the UK, but we have active customers and repeat customers coming from all over the world, the US, mm-hmm. Europe, um, and they're buying why for ish? why is it though? Why do they come to you? So then the US, why would they be coming to you? We're the only player you can buy this kind of product for over on the internet. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So we have so for example, Netflix is a regular customer. And um, for we we were we were present at the Oscars, the Grammys, the Golden Globes, the BAFTAs because all of their talent received our gift cards as a well done, as a, you know, congratulations. What do you do? Put some money on the card and then give it to them or how does it work? Yeah. So they come to us, they buy our products and they put it in their, in their, um, in the goodie bags and whatever it is. And it's just a, it's just a nice thing in, in, in one environment, especially with the lockdown, Mm -hmm. lots of companies bought our cards for their staff so they could buy themselves a meal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they didn't have to second guess them. Got it. Yes, and, and remember, Gary, the the globally people spend around three hundred and fifty billion dollars on gift cards. It's a big number. Yeah, I didn't think it, I didn't think it's uh, that much. It's a big number, but it's Why very underrated. Why would somebody like the gift card? Why would a like? I mean, what, in tell what circumstances that you would use the card. What's your biggest? What's the top? You know, top three use cases. It's it's difficult to explain uh, apart from the gut feel for for where our customers coming from, right? So, uh, people, the most most of our customers are corporate. So they mm -hmm. will be buying it for their staff as a, as a loyalty, as an incentive, as a birthday, as a thank you to their customers, as a, we're really sorry we messed up. Um, we have consumers, but they only represent maybe 15% of our sales. But it doesn't mean they can't purchase from us. So I got a question. So you get the card. You said it's recognized by MasterCard. How can I use it? How do you use it? Do you put it into did it online or how does what's the use of the card how do you do it yeah so you order our card it looks like this mm -hmm. and looks you can like spend it card. you can spend it anywhere you see these two little circles mm -hmm. okay and then you activate the card by using our app the app and will how, monitor your how much money can you put on the card and well if you're a consumer the maximum load is 200, whether that be euros or sterling. Mm -hmm. And if you're a corporate and you've gone through KYB, then you can load up to 1500. Got but it. These are gift cards, yes? Yeah, well, why would somebody buy that card instead of just a present? Why do they buy the gift card? Well, funny, and the fact that you even asked me that question means that A, you don't buy gift cards, and B, you've never received one, right? No, no, I have received them and I have given them. Okay, so why would they do that? You know, why would they set it up? I've never had a MasterCard branded gift card, but why would they do that? So just it's to give the recipient choice. Mm -hmm. It's choice. Yes. So, for example, you may want to give someone a meal for them and their other half, but you don't want to second guess the restaurant that they want to go to, for example. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what we try and do is we customize the greeting card and allow them to personalize it with the messaging, imagery, et cetera, that they want. Because what that, we're trying uh, to do is, is tap in an emotive feel. Now, how long does it take them to get the cards? They order it from you. How long does it take for them to ship it to them? If it's in the UK, it's within a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, you could pay for next day delivery. Mm -hmm. So, it, and, and we also have virtual cards, right? So, um, but we fit a need. We are, the average on our gift card is about hundred pounds. The average mm -hmm. across the industry is about 25. Got it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All right. Super. So listen, um, I know you got a lot going on. So final closing thoughts and how do people get a hold of you, Tish? Uh, well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a, a bit approachable about it, but mm -hmm. um, our, our business, whilst it might be gift cards, we, we actually launch a uh, saving solution for our cardholders mm -hmm. um, where we're offering them 3% return. Yes. And we have partnered with some of the largest uh, retailers and grocers within the UK.
to begin with to launch that. And 50% of what we make, we're giving out to social impact causes, right? Mm -hmm. But our audience, it's only available to our audience, but our audience is organically growing all the time. What we're not doing is we're not spending investor money to acquire users or convert mm -hmm. them into customers. Does that make sense? But yeah, yes, right. LinkedIn is probably my my uh, my tipple. All right, sounds great. So LinkedIn's the best place to get a hold of you. You know, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you got a lot of uh, deep things that you got to work on today, and you know, our prayers are with you. So. Take Thank care you, Gary. Appreciate have, it. Have a safe trip and uh, and hope to speak to you soon. To my audiences out there, my name is Gary Fowler, and I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And stay tuned for another exciting edition with Thursday. Um, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I will talk to you soon and keep smiling.